Welcome back, series. listener. <laughs> Thank it's you, Mike. It's nice to have all of Mike here. Uh, an intimate show. Um, really as is. promised, we do have a special guest this week. Yes, Laura Dern's the finally one on and the podcast. Only Laura Dern. Come on out, Laura. Laura? Oh. I think she left. Laura? Hold on. Get a color Laura? assistant. Are you still here? I don't know. You know the door squeak was a nice touch. That was your actual door. <laughs> that wasn't fully oh, artists yeah. making well, a door Well, we're going to have to figure sound. this out, but for now, I guess. Uh, maybe next week. We'll just do the show. We'll do we it without. Yeah, before. we can We can just riff without her. Oh, I don't know that she, frankly, would have added much to the discussion. Yeah, I don't think she remembers this movie. That I, at least mine, maybe yours. Mine, no, mine is also not memorable. She was very clearly not present. <laughs> um, should we start it off with a, a big Dern, or what's um, going on? I don't what's... know. I was looking at Dern news today, and not really. She's taking a rest. She just won some awards. She's chilling out. She's making a movie with Will Ferrell about an embezzling scam. I think it's called like hmm. Fruitcake or something. I'm nervous. You, how do you feel? You don't think like they'll play play well together? No, not really. Eh. Maybe well, I hope so. I feel like Will Ferrell just can't fail. Will Ferrell can fail. <sighs> Did you see what was that one? Kicking and screaming. That I like kids that's soccer That's like a film? popular film, isn't it? I guess just because popular. popular oh, I'm sure it made the scads of money. Scads. Scads. Absolute bindles. Scads and oodles <laughs> of straight. Cash, but no, that movie's dog shit. I mean, I Robert guess I Duvall, seen it in Will Ferrell, kill them both. Hey, wait till next week when we get to watch <laughs> Little Fox. Set them on fire. Set them on fire. <laughs> At least you're a reasonable man. That could be said about you. Uh, All right, let's uh, yeah. let's talk about some let's, shitty movies. Let's do some big, some big, big dirt, big dirt, big dirt, big dirt. Yeehaw. So I got this one. Oh man, my big turn. Uh, nineteen eighty nine, Fat Man and Little Boy. And this was clearly about. It was like a slapstick black and white movie <laughs> with a with a fat man instead of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it was like a Laurel and Hardy bit. Um, no, it was Laura Dern and Hardy. <laughs> Laura and Hardy. <laughs> oh, we I kill me. Great body work from Dern. <laughs> um, no, as you may know, Fat Man and Little Boy were Nicholas. Do you know what they were? They were two of the bombs that America dropped on Japan, I believe. What kind of bombs? Atomic bomb or a nuclear? Yeah. Atomic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Atomic bombs. This is just gonna be like a history quiz <laughs> for you. <laughs> Last, I feel like know. every movie you get is yeah, I just get like a, a history. history. <laughs> like a fun history thing. I get to tell fun little stories, and you're just over there talking about <laughs> the siege of Ruby Ridge. So, Nick, do you know... But get, get out of here. Come on. I, I the prize. am listening to you. Do you know... Somebody's got to keep this horse on track. Who is the head scientist at um, for creating the atomic bomb? a name he did and he said some pretty bitter some not bitter some dark things about it afterwards. he did yeah i'm not sure his name off the top of jay robert okay i wouldn't that's it i know the too. oppenheimer jay robert oppenheimer so this jay is robert his name is my name too anyway <laughs> whenever we go out 
the people always shout their guns. Bomb the Japanese. Okay, so oh, this comedy. movie, 1989, <laughs> Batman and Little Boy, is about the creation of the atomic bomb during World War II in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Um, it's a very interesting story, and this movie has some good stuff, but that does not this good movie make <laughs> because it's trash. Um, you could put a nice shoe in a gonna... hot dog, and it's still going to be a hot dog. The nice shoe could include Paul Newman, the music of Ennio Morricone. I don't know if I would eat a Paul Newman Laura hot dog. Dern. Actually, wait, maybe it... is that Paul Newman? <laughs> He's the salad dressing He's the salad guy. He, has, dressing he makes guy. every food. Yes. With but his face on it. He, he is in this film. Um, and so he plays one of the main characters, as oh. you might guess. He's not going to be, you know. He plays the bomb. <laughs> He's little boy. <laughs> um, so it opens. I, I thought this movie was, this movie was very fun from the jump. Because it opens with um, General, General Leslie Grove, who is Paul Newman. Um, is it is his birthday maybe or a celebration, and he is given a comically large uh, cake shaped like the Pentagon, <laughs> because uh, General Leslie Grove did in fact was like the head designer of the Pentagon of the Army Corps hmm. of Engineers. <laughs> it's like this giant, like. I mean, everybody needs a slice. Like a good, like six foot diameter pentagon. And, I mean, cake. the pentagon, it the middle is there's no building in the middle. It's right. like a donut shape. It's like so, a donut. I mean, e even if it's big, like there's not that much cake. <laughs> there was a lot of. And then a broad jumps out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Laura. I, I really thought there was going to be a woman out of this cake. No, 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 because the pentagon's very more. flat. Yeah, I get it. So now. it's not like a tiered wedding yeah, cake like where you could fit a broad, even a small sized broad. <laughs> Stop calling women broads. <laughs> to be clear, no, broad by definition is a woman who jumps out of a cake in the 1940s. I guess you're right. That's, you that's, can't that's... erase history like that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to advocate. But okay, so our introduction to General Grove is he's just like a surly military man. He looks um, like one. It's sort of Paul Newman. I haven't seen much Newman, but I, I feel like what I know him from, he's like a friendly man. And then this, he's like a stern, serious. He It feels like Paul Newman trying to be Robert Duvall. Okay. The other guy and kicking and screaming, which is terrible. Ah, uh, so yes. <laughs> I remember we talked about this. <laughs> you know, Robert <laughs> Duvall's most iconic film. Um, hey, I could buy it for $5 at any Walmart right now. <laughs> I'll be right back. You wait. Uh, yeah, Paul Newman has like this Robert Duvall mustache, and he's just like a grouch. And I don't even know why, but he just like is upset and knocks his cake, his Pentagon cake, over. That's just mean. Um, while watching this movie, I like I've listened to some podcasts about movies and stuff, and like the people will be like, I kind of like I forgot, I tuned out, and when I hear that on a podcast, I'm like. But it, you, like, set out to watch this movie. Like, how hard is it to, like, pay attention to a movie? And then I watched this movie <laughs> and was just so bored by it, top to bottom, well, after the Pentagon cake, that now I understand. So there's going to be some gaps 
in like my understanding uh, of what I occurred. won't judge you for this. Okay. But our listeners might. <laughs> Apologies in advance, especially to our fat man and little boy aficionados. Feel free to correct me. Um so anyway, General Groves is the like head general, head military guy to make the atomic bomb. Robert Oppenheimer is some fucking guy like he, no in real life he's a scientist he's like an he's iconic just, scientist he was just filling the, the actor, soda machine and the they brought actor him in is some fucking guy his name is dwight schultz Who? now he just does video game voices like has thousands of credits of like video game voice work um but yeah he's not i could see why they you know, took the camera. He's, out got, of the he's got a face for a no. Video he's not game a bad-looking guy, and okay. I suspect that's how he ended up in you know this position. But he's got no charisma, uh. none. Um, but so we meet him. Robert Oppenheimer is the head of Los Alamos. He's the science head. Uh, we meet him, and then we meet his wife. Kitty Oppenheimer. I think I know Guess who, who plays is. her. Is it Laura Dern? No. I I'm going to use this, this bit every week. It is Macaulay Culkin's aunt. I Bonnie Bolin. going to say. Bonnie Bedelia. No, it was Macaulay Culkin. It was, it was. As a child. <laughs> playing a woman. It was his aunt, Bonnie Bedelia. Whoa. Uh, which is neat. Um, and then we get, we got a couple, like, famous faces that just, like, you know, because it's like a group of scientists. Yeah. There's going to be a movie about them trying to, you know, race against time and beat the Nazis. Oh, do they have that goofy-looking scientist that's in all the space movies? John Cusack? No, no, no. Were um, you going to say John no, um, Cusack? Who's the guy, Ron Howard's brother? brother or is they it do his not have Ron oh. Howard's ugly brother, God, unfortunately. He's such a good scientist. <laughs> One of the best. Um, no, they have John Cusack. Okay. Not, yeah, not, not a face like for science. Just, just becomes more gray. Like young, young John Cusack, right? Yeah, like, no. Such a um, stern man. And so John Cusack is there. It, it's unclear why. Um, and his roommate is John C. McGinley, who you may know as Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Yeah, that guy. That guy, he's real fella. Yeah, well, he's from, like, you know, he's in Platoon. Um, And he's, like, the doctor, and he's always got a chimp. He's, like, a guy with a chimp while they're making the first atomic bomb, which... I okay. don't know. Was that like, a real they, fact? Or I don't, I don't believe so. Did they just feel so. like they had to pepper in a chimp for yeah, funsies? Yeah, this movie was like, okay, let's take what is very much a compelling, interesting story um, from history and just, like, Hollywood, just throw a bunch of Hollywood spackle just at it. Monkeys and John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Um yeah, like I don't did did they irradiate the monkey? Was it for testing purposes? Maybe it's not. unclear. <gasps> what if the monkey came up with the bomb and he stole the idea from him? Well, we'll we'll get <gasps> into how they got their ideas. Oh dear. Um. <laughs> so that and it's a challenge with all science movies. Like, to, you want to like make it like a eureka moment when it's really like more boring, mundane kind of experiments and shit right but so they so they have one of those and it's just so ham-fisted oh no um so one thing with the atomic bomb was they needed 
they needed basically a whole lot of force to get these atoms to collide and create this explosion. And it was this big issue, how are they gonna do it? And so it's like two of the scientists are talking and one of them's holding an orange. And as one does when one holds an orange, just squeezes it. <laughs> and not even out of like frustration, just like absent-mindedly, like it wasn't like, oh God, we can't think of anything, squish. No, it was just like, just chilling, you know, like you might be like tossing a nickel in the air, just like <laughs> squeezing an orange, as you do when you're chilling in the desert with your science buddies. And then, oh, no, the squoze <laughs> orange. He, that's his eureka moment. moment. Implodes. Implo you were close. You were, Ooh, you were on the right track. Just Implosion. Route. And so that, that's how the, um, the nuclear reaction is set up, is the core implodes into the middle and puts all this force and pressure. Then the atoms collide. Then boom. Then the big boy. Um, so thanks to this random scientist squeezing an orange, oh my god, it's as clear as day. Why didn't I think of that? Good thing we squoze those oranges. Um, they also invented orange juice that day. You know, there's a lot of things the military invents that come into the public later. <laughs> um, so uh, we learn a little bit more about Robert Oppenheimer. For instance, he has a mistress by the name oh, of Jean Taslow. Guess who that is? I don't know. Go on, guess. Kathy Bates. No, no, no. It's, she's like a, a thin blonde woman. It's not. Ah, uh, it's is it Laura Dern? No, it's <laughs> not, it's Laura, not Dern. Laura Dern. Why it's would... the mom from the New Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Oh, wait. What? Did you see oh. The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan? With young First, Lindsay I went Lohan. to Freaky Friday and I was thinking of no, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's not Jamie Lee and I was Curtis. like, why don't you just call her by her name, Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> no, it's Natasha Richardson, That's a I name. believe. Sure, yeah. Um, she's his mistress. Oh, well, she is a sultry character. And she is a dirty, filthy communist. Yes! Ah, hey, you got one! Laura <laughs> Dern! No. <laughs> Uh, she is a dirty, filthy commie, Whoa. and this, what could be a very suspenseful, tense, and what, frankly, is absolutely a very important part of the history of Robert Oppenheimer, just kind of, like, enters and exits this film with that, like a lot of scientists and academics, he had some lefty views, um, huh. and like a lot of scientists, he was banging a commie on the side. I, I, <laughs> Name a scientist. Um, Isaac Newton. Banging a cop. Oh, wow. 100%. Um, Those apples don't fall for nothing. So, I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so Oppenheimer, he's got this commie woman. But then, you know, they're listening in. He's like on the phone with her. His wife knows, so it's like not a big deal. She doesn't really care. It seems like maybe she's trying to put the shakes on, like, Paul Newman, the wi his wife, anyway. Like He makes bombs. He stoops a communist. Yeah. I'm happy. It's, yeah. It's she's okay she's okay life. with it. No. Yeah, she does have a good line. She's like, we all defend our territory in different ways. That it's sounds like, like a woman in denial. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so he he was in fact a communist sympathizer. Oh, had been prior to all this, yeah. and now he's like it's him on the one hand and this army general on the other, who obviously is, has zero sympathy for the pinkos. No, no, no. <laughs> Pinky McGee. And uh, so that in the actual story of Robert Oppenheimer, like, is very important. And in here, it's like just like this little bit of tension where they're like, hey, stop, stop, you know, you can't sleep with that commie anymore. And he's like, okay, I won't. And then he doesn't, <laughs> and she kills herself. Oh, that's um, rough. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, everyone that protects their territory in their own ways, I <laughs> yeah. guess. We got <laughs> Maybe his wife knew all along. He's like, I just gotta wait it out until that commie one of them will, one, of, one of them will go. We'll see which one. Um, so that's mostly it for the commie stuff. It comes back later where like Oppenheimer will sort of like these vague moralizing conversations with bros, or he'll be like, "What's the point of building it if we don't need it? Like if we could win the war without it." Does Does he say the thing? And Paul about... Newman's basically like, "No, he doesn't say the that's, I am death destroyer come on, of worlds." That's the best I know you can end with that. It's from the Bhagavad Gita, um, and Paul Newman's just like, "No, build it," and he's like, "Okay, I will," and like he does. So that's like the extent of the moral conundrum. I hope Paul Newman handles his um, salad dressing company with the same kind of business sense. Like, yeah, just do it. Just I want my it. face on the bottle and I want a different hat. <laughs> I'm Paul Newman. Um, so, so then so there's this scene where there's like they're blowing something up with like a normal bomb. Yeah, just to see what and it's like. And a guy like, they fuck up and a guy like gets his leg all blown oh. up. Um, and John Cusack like saves him. And then because John Cusack was nearby, they got to bring him to the hospital or to like the medic to Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Um, Is his monkey? His monkey has a little stethoscope. Oh, that's so cute. And uh, John Cusack, because he was like nearby, it's like, okay, let's, you should see the nurse. And then he goes and he sees the nurse. Go on. You can't be wrong three times. I think I can. Is it Laura Dern? It's Laura Dern! <laughs> it's her, you guys. And it. look, we something we haven't explicitly discussed, but you know, we've talked about off mic, um, raising the question kind of, is Laura Dern hot? And I'll say if I, I'm someone who comes firmly in the sometimes, in the always because she's Laura Dern, but sometimes just like also in addition to. Understood. Um if you want hot Dern, hot Dern, if you want a sexy, powerful, forward, coquettish Dern, fat man and little boy is for you. Mm. Dern looks great. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> and she, okay, so this is like how the scene goes. John Cusack and Laurie Dern serve no purpose in this film except to, like, shoehorn a romance in, right? Remember those that just, like, Hollywood threw crap at it? <laughs> Here's a monkey. Let's have two characters fall in love. That only works if the characters matter for any other reason. You know, considering the Hollywood formula and there's a monkey in this, John Cusack's going to be the president one day. <laughs> it's the Ronald Reagan thing all over again. It's true. Maybe President Dern... 
Has she ever played the president? We'll find out. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> Jurassic World 3. Laura Dern is the president of the president United Dern. States. I still haven't finished Big Little Lies. You oh. never know where it's gonna go. Um, she was the president the whole time. So let's talk a little bit about Dern. Other okay, than let's, just her let's, fine, fine nurse's costume. <laughs> Straight out of I just, Looney Tunes. I just imagine like the most sexualized, like she's walking like hips, and you just hear that song like "Wildin' Wildin'." Like, <laughs> um, no, she. So like John Cusack's being tended to. He mm. has not a scratch on He's him. Fine. He's, He's fine. He's absolutely fine. And so the first thing she says is, "If it's instinct to save a man, what makes us want to kill one?" Is that instinct too? She cares. And like, and like, great, yeah. great. I love it. Good exploration. Yeah, in the military, you know, these people. It, is it instinct to kill? If we, if John, John Cusack instinctively saved this man who got exploded, um, <laughs> exploded on. And it's like, oh, okay. She's got, you know, she's got these deep thoughts. She's compassionate. Great. And like. Again, it's just sort of these like little pepper in little moral stuff without tying them to anything larger in this film. And then she's just like, there's not even like a little bit of flirtation. And then she's like, well, do you think you can dance? Just, he's like in a hospital bed and he's like, what? She's like, come on. And just like pulls him out of bed to dance. And it's just like, they just shove in this instant like, forced sexual attention that gets repeated in all of their scenes this is bananas it's so <laughs> weird do you, do you think man should kill man but also let's dance yeah, yeah that's what happens um you ever have a waiter at, come up to you and like they're asking you to give them your order and they just say let's dance i had that once Oof. where it was actually less than a block from where we are sitting right now. It was at the Italian restaurant in the Divine Lorraine. Oh, don't tell people where I live. What? There's a <laughs> Divine that. Lorraine in every city. It's like <laughs> Springfield. Uh, I've never had that. I don't think. Yeah, let's, let's dance. dance. He, like sounds his eyes cute. widened a little. I was that like, sounds Whoa. a little coquettish in its own right. Um. So. <laughs> All right, so like a bunch of shit. There's like science and stuff. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit some good stuff here. Okay. Um, there's this great shot of Kitty Oppenheimer, Macaulay's Macaulay Culkin's uh, aunt, okay. Bonnie. Um, she's pulling a roast out of the oven, and she's smoking a cigarette, and then like while she's pulling a roast out, and then she's like got a martini. And I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be, like, a commentary on, like, she's stressed or losing it or irresponsible. It was, like, 1989 It was when the movie was made. It was, like... Yeah. Or was that still just, like, with, were women pulling roasts out of the oven just smoking while they did it? I was expecting, like, my mom was. I was expecting the reveal to be that she was pregnant. No, like, but it, it was, She like, puts the roast down and she just has the belly, like, oh, my God. It was just, like, right before, I think, really anti-smoking really had its peak so it was like either this is like a commentary on the 40s or on this woman's state of mind in the scene or she just likes smoking and she wanted to do the scene with a cig in her hand she was just doing it and they said don't stop yeah um i did like 
John C. McGinley, Dr. Cox, mm-hmm. that was, there was an interesting sort of, he was kind of the third in the Dern Cusack. Oh, uh, so they were into and the monkey. Uh, four? Oh my god, that that no, can't it be was sort of. It was like he was maybe trying to play that game. Like Cusack was like, "Is that like, oh, your nurse? Is that your girl?" And he was like, "Oh, she ain't." <laughs> he's sort of like you can you can take it, um, but it seems like he she's interested in him. He's and he blows her off. He's like, "I can't make it to the movie tonight." Like they had a date, Dern and Doctor Cox, mm-hmm. and he sort of like lets Cusack have it, which I it like felt like kind of like this nice bro. Like there totally could have been tension, and he could have been like fighting for Dern, and I get it, worth fighting for. <laughs> he is a hundred percent. But it was sort of this playful camaraderie, this like appreciation, respect. Where he's just like, "You got it, kid." Like, go for it. Um, I did enjoy that. There's some secret messages, whatever, doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Robin Oppenheimer's like a angsty, whiny commie, but Paul Newman's just like, no, do it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Build the bomb. Murder a bunch of people. Um, uh, they, Cusack and Dern, share their first smooch on VE Day. Nick, do you know what VE Day is? Very entertaining. It was a very entertaining day. <laughs> no, it was. I do know what this means. Is it Victory Europe? Yeah, yeah. Victory in I've Europe. I've seen a, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's when on like VE Day the... we cried and prayed. On VG Day and we cried but... and prayed. No. Yeah, it's a great movie. Anyway, it's when all the baby boomers were exactly. born. It was just like that Navy sailor kissing that broad. Oh. Also. That's the other definition. Of yeah, pride. that's true. Kissed by a navy. Sailor and then they find out a bunch of years later she didn't want to be kissed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, nah. They like found them when they were both old, and she was like, "Ah." Uh, he was got just grabbed. a creep. A oh. I mean, yeah. He was young, dumb, and full of America. <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Young, dumb and full of America. Yep. That's oh. it. Uh. <laughs> So they have their first smooch, and then, then they have like, she's like, "Touch me, oh. tonight I want to make love, I want, I want a future for you and me." What? And like in the storyline, they presumably might have been together for like seventeen months, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It's just these like every twenty minutes we just get like a new random flirtation. <laughs> so it feels very like, "Whoa, you guys just met." Slow down. Like you guys just started dancing together. All this talk of the future. <laughs> but would you believe me if I told you that future is not going to come? Oh, no. <gasps> okay. Does so. Sean Cusack get exploded? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Man, I'm good. So they're doing this experiment. And I learned later reading about this. This is basically like a real type of experiment. And this kind of happened this similarly happened to a scientist there um it's called tickling the dragon's tail well that seems as richard feynman called it great scientist hilarious not featured in this film bullshit (laughs) wow um tickling the dragon's tail is quite dangerous and what it involved yeah was a sphere of plutonium dangerous dangerous don't touch and another metal sphere around it 
to like put pressure on it or something or refract it, reflect it. And you had to like use shims to hold up the, the larger sphere just to crack. Um, and it, it was at risk where if it closed completely, basically it would, comp it would cause a super critical reaction. And if you were nearby, you would likely get a, a deadly dose of radiation. Ah, good. Um, so they're doing this. And a guy drops his cup of coffee right when, like, John Cusack's got, like, screwdrivers oh, to hold God. it up. And the guy drops his cup of coffee, and it's, like, this blue flash of light. And Cusack's like, ah! And he's got to, like, he smacks this thing with his hand to, like, get it to, like, be, you know, not killer. And he uh, takes on a large dose of radiation. thing with this movie is that, like, that's compelling, interesting, cool experiment. They didn't explain that experiment at all. So, so you, you had just to find see all him. of this out. On I your read own. that afterwards. Oh my gosh! So they just show like there's this metal ball, and you're like, "What's with the ball? Why is he propping <laughs> it up? Like, does he need to? Why doesn't it close all the way? Who cares? Like, is he trying to hold it open, make it close? Like, what? They don't. They don't explain it because this movie's trying to do thirty different things, and it <laughs> does them all badly. Um, cool little bit though. Then John Cusack, like. He knows it's like a death sentence, but he like chalks out where everyone in the room was standing and like puts their feet and like does calculations. He's like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. He's like, and I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh, which was like a neat, fun, science-y thing. That's what a kind man. And so they like rush him into the, you know, the infirmary and they don't let Darren in, but she knows something's up. She's freaking out and she's crestfallen. And then she sneaks in at night, and it's like, it's dark, so it's just a shadow, and it's just like his, his bare chest looking, you know, young and tough, like a good John Cusack. And she, like, kisses his chest and says, like, I, I love you. And then it, like, pans out, and his face is just like a melted husk. He looks like a horror movie monster. Like, half his head is shaved, like, the front half. Wait, was his face and all his face melty when he was like... doing this math earlier? <laughs> no, not yet. What? It takes some time. Yeah, I don't think you, like, melt. Uh, no, it, like, it will cause, uh, yeah. like, your body will <laughs> get destroyed from the inside out. I guess. His And his leg is just, like, Ooh. just, there's, the skin is melting off, and his face is just, That's like, not swollen and dumb. He looks, he looks like Sloth from the Goonies. Ah. But his chest looks great. His chest is... That's a John Peak Cusack physique. chest right there. Um, so, that happens. They build the bomb. It works. Um, sort of a cool shot when they do. I'm glad you just yada, yada, yada your way through Whatever. Those. This movie... It's fine. I understand. So, the, they do the bomb shot I liked. Roger Ebert didn't, but we're not going to agree on everything. Well, he's dead now, so. <laughs> I won that one. <laughs> it's Robert Oppenheimer. He's got the, like, goggles, the, like, tinty goggles to look at the, the test explosion. Mm -hmm. And the camera's looking at him looking at the bomb. And you see the the explosion in the reflection of the eyes That's but then cool. his mouth starts like like the wind the super explosion like like the, like his mouth is in a wind tunnel and it was kind of funny because all of a sudden his cheeks are like flopping around it was neat it was clever uh, i liked it nice. um then they give a postscript 
as you might expect from this film. I would want one. And it's like, Robert Oppenheimer uh, was celebrated as a hero. He was. He was like a rock star scientist once after the war was fully over. You thought he had communist babes before oh, this. so afterwards. much communist Well, actually, plus. probably not, because they didn't like that he built the bomb. <laughs> well, um, maybe, I don't know. And then, so the postscript just says, like, he was celebrated and revered and worked on some other nuclear stuff. And then his security clearance was revoked in the 50s. Okay. Uh, what that doesn't say is the why and the really compelling part of his story, which I would recommend if you want to learn about Robert Oppenheimer. Visit your local library. And get the book. <gasps> I read a biography of Robert Oppenheimer, so oh, I know cool. all about this dude. American Prometheus by Kai Bird, The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Amazing biography, amazing story. This movie does none of it justice. Uh, but what it came down to was his, it was all McCarthyism. It was like this guy was an American hero. He helped win the war. He helped defeat Japan. He did this, and he was like torn about it the whole way through, and it was seriously tough for him. And they, like, kind of wrote him off for being a pussy about it. It was really lit. And then they were just like, hey, you're a dirty commie. Like, he got swept up in all the, like, the Red Scare. And he just got railroaded by the government. And they were just like, yay, we're out of here. We're done with you. It, it was fucked. That's a bummer. It's a real tragedy. Yeah. Um, because he was a brilliant mind, and he wanted to do good. And he was a commie, so that rules. If it, if it wasn't for McCarthyism, imagine all the movies and bombs we would have had. <laughs> God, we'd be so far ahead and probably behind. <laughs> and that's uh, that very middling film. Wow. Any questions? Ooh, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you explained it pretty well. Paul Newman was there. Laura Dern was there. We learned a lot. We turned a lot. We sure did. The whole Dern time. Oh, speaking of Dern puns. Speaking of Dern. I think it's time for Between, between Two, two Derns. Derns. Here we are. Uh, I, I love this. It's a nice veranda. <laughs> the sea wind is blowing in. I have a mojito. Nick, what do you got? Ah, what do I got? Um, It's been a, been a slow week. I was visiting the folks this weekend. Uh, got into a car accident. Yeah, all right. I, Mike had some tummy troubles last night, and I threw up in a garbage can that I had to throw away today because I didn't want to clean it. And, uh, oh, I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons, like the older Simpsons with uh, Disney+. Plus. I thought you meant, like, the newer Simpsons. No, I'm not the I, biggest fan. I have a theory, though. What if they're really good, but no, no one, one watched them? That, and they're going to keep What if season them? 19 is just like this season, gem? You know they're on 32 now, right? 32. The season God. 19 actually isn't bad. <laughs> you have to go ahead 10 more seasons right, and then season it gets rough. 26. Okay, that was a little slow. Yeah. Or, <laughs> up. I haven't seen it. I was going to say, that's where I stopped. So what are you on now? Um, I've, I've been kind of just picking spots and watching little chunks. So I haven't been watching it straight through, but I've seen I've seen most of like the first fifteen seasons. Okay. And by most I mean all. Yeah. And you know, it's good. Uh, March versus the monorail or whatever ep that episode's called. That's a very it's good called one. March that is, versus the monorail. That is my favorite one, I'd say. Really like that. And you know, there's some nice heartfelt moments. That's a little Simpsons fan one oh one, don't you think? 
don't know, man. It's a good episode. There's <laughs> some kidding. good jokes. Get out of here. <laughs> I could do the sh- monkey sh- dog and monkey show on my own. Oh, it's a good one, though. It's some good it's jokes. Great. When he, they're, they're late to save the monorail, and he says, we shouldn't have stopped with that haircut. Sorry. <laughs> it's just some great stuff. Co- Thanks, Conan O'Brien, That's listener very, of our podcast. Big fan. I don't listen to yours, Conan. No, I don't. The, the premise bored me. <laughs> you Like, we're going to hear you talk more? That tiny red-haired man exhausts like, me. What's that? Actually, he's very tall. <laughs> So yeah, that's pretty much what I'm up to. Nothing too big. Good. What's the, I, what's I could use a Simpsons rewatch. It's been far too long. Um, I'm reading a great book, a good like tinfoil hat book. Ooh. If you want, which feels like a trend, it's on my phone. It's not uh, in my pile of books. It's not the Conquest of Bread. No, that's the Anarchist book. It looks like it. Um, no, that some, one's all. That's I the see real some red deal. ink over there. No conspiracy there. <gasps> No, this one's called Family of Secrets. Oh, that sounds tinfoily. Guess what family it's about. Is it about the, don't say it, um, the Weavers? It's not about the Weavers. I can't get that much Ruby Ridge. Still on the ridge. It's about a presidential family. Oh, Their name means pussy hair. What? The name of the family. Carter? I don't know. Bush. Okay. I was like, what French last name equates to this? And I don't it's know. It's about the Bush family. Whoa. And it's so tinfoil hat. It's like uh, on the premise that the Bushes basically have been like secretly CIA responsible for all sorts of shit for decades. And I don't disagree with some it's compelling uh it's good so I'll, I'll give i'll give you and the listeners a little taste so fun fact george herbert walker bush the one from the simpsons yeah uh he phoned in he was in the cia for he was the director of the cia in the 70s but what was found out like decades after that was that he had been in the CIA for 20 years and no, there was no record of it. Well, that's incredibly sketchy. That's very sketchy. You want to know another fun fact? Just a fully About George page. Herbert Walker Bush. Oh, no. Yeah, Who I wasn't do. quite sure where he was when Kennedy died. Oh, but he was no. definitely in Texas. Uh, and he was in Dallas shortly before. Um, and maybe during and maybe buying a gun. He made a call to the FBI that was like, Hey, I've got a lead. It's me, George W. George H. W. Bush in Tyler, Texas, not Dallas. And like, uh, there's this suspicious guy in like the real young Republicans group who I think might have had something to do with it. And like that kid didn't. It wasn't he like gave that kid an alibi too because that <laughs> kid didn't. But it was just like setting himself up on this alibi to be like i was here and made this call at this time (laughs) after kennedy died i couldn't have been there doing the so uh, maybe the bushes are absolute monsters nick you're young you don't remember that george w bush absolutely was a monster i've heard things i've seen the bumbling lovable oaf Um, before he was friends with ellen he was a bad man (laughs) and ellen rehab rehab rehabbed him never mind no they do, they do torture together 
She's all part of it. She's Indeed. in the bush book. Oh, no. It's about Ellen and the Bushes. Ellen, that did, sounds like a bad n- sitcom. Did 9-11. <laughs> Ellen and the Bushes. Also, Diana. <laughs> they killed the people's princess. Aw. Missed her. Uh, it's a good book. It's bonkers. You know, you know what it's time for? They need to put out a new candle in the wind. I don't know who it's going to be <laughs> for, but it's been too long. Who died? Um... That uh, old guy. That old science lady. Oh yeah, no, actually, I know, I know this was a bit, but it would be nice. She deserves yeah, a version of an Elf- She deserves an Elton John song. Yeah. Who's the old guy? I was thinking of Kurt Douglas. Kurt Douglas? Or his dad? Yeah, yeah Kurt that, Douglas. Is Kurt Douglas the old one? Well, yeah, the dead one. Now. They're all the old. They're both very old <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that song about him. <laughs> He lived to be 104. Oh. He was just in every movie. Spartacus, little legend. I am Spartacus. Me too. <gasps> Whoa. That's crazy. You know what it's time for? You know what it's time for? Little, little Dern! Dern! Here we go, Little Dern. Well, <clears throat> my Little Dern was so good that I fell asleep during Dern. the end. That's what I call My it. Little Dern. It's a term of endearment. Oh, don't you, you remember those commercials? My Little Dern. My <laughs> Little Dern. We've done a lot of singing this week. If, if I ever have a, a child. <laughs> my sweet, my sweet you little know, Dern. If you just find one. <laughs> sort of pet the child and whisper. <laughs> my Little Dern. Okay. Okay, so you watched. I sure did. I watched the Spirit movie. of no nope. close it's a season, season for miracles yeah it, it is it. a television movie it is rated g so it is very appropriate um it is an hour and 40 minutes long and it came out i don't know why I, I, i'm reading the imdb <laughs> because i didn't take notes this week i'll try not to just read it verbatim who's the lead gaffer oh, lead <laughs> i'm not doing this um it came out in 1999 you don't have imdb plus you know what no i don't anyway 1999 that's the year this movie came out so i'm gonna tell you a few little facts this movie has a surprisingly good cast it's got laura dern it's got um Car- carla guingo this lady she's been in a lot of things she's popular now she was in the haunting of for Hill the House. listeners total hottie she's a babe oh she was yeah 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 um, this lady like her she's in the new watchman yes and she's still it she's an even babe and babe. patty duke is also in this she was in a bunch of classic movies like the valley of the dolls the miracle worker so yeah it has a pretty good cast and the reason it has a good cast is because this is back when hallmark movies were aired independently because Hall- the hallmark network had not been invented yet so okay. like all they didn't have to like pay for a whole channel to run. They could just put a bunch of money into like a good few movies and year. air it on whatever. And, I think this aired on CBS. Also, I found out this was the two hundred and third television movie because Hallmark has been making TV movies since nineteen fifty one. Really? Apparently, that's what it says. Maybe I'm misreading. Probably. Anyway, um, so a little fun thing about the Hallmark Channel: it began operation. Just a nine eleven. No, that's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. It was August fifth, two thousand one. Hallmark Channel was just wow. just over a month old when nine eleven occurred. There's no escaping it, folks. Maybe they knew. They, they, knew, they, they absolutely knew, they knew the knew. country needed that lighthearted um, programming. <laughs> so a season for miracles. It starts in a bit of a sad place. We see some little tykes there with um, the lady from Hill House, and they're walking in. They're visiting somebody at a 
at a nondescript building. It could be a hospital or a jail. We'll find out soon that it's kind of both. And they find their mom, who is Laura Dern there. She has brunette hair. She's Again. A, she's a little upset and on edge. And we find out that she OD'd. And she's a drug addict. And her sister, Hill House Lady, is taking care of the kids, and she has basically given up her whole life to care for the kids because her sister's a drug addict and just keeps making poor choices. We'll find out later that both of the children are from different fathers that left after she got pregnant. Um, We find out that the kids are kind not abused, but in very bad situations. like Neglect. Neglect, like the daughter knows, like, gives her cigarettes and like knows her drug dealer by name and like they're just like in a rough place and you know because she's addicted to drugs and she's what trying do to we raise know what kids. kind of drugs i think heroin but it's pretty not descript and it is a hallmark movie so i think they try to glaze over it as much they, as they can they're just like she was bad but now she's a little better yeah you know it's 1999 i don't know what you want <laughs> so um foster lady comes in she says lady you can't keep these kids we know you're their aunt and the best person to watch them. They don't say this, but it's implied because <laughs> I know things about this. So she's like, you don't have a job. You don't live here. You can't have these kids. Sorry, we're going to put them in a foster family. And then she steals the kids, which is the natural Respect. next. So like, there's a shuffle and all the cops just run Wait, to Wait, Dern do. steals? No, no, no. The oh, okay. sister. The I'm sorry. Dern it does not leave the jail for the whole movie. Okay. And as far as I know, she just fades out at the end. We'll get there, though. So she steals these kids, and she drives from, I think, like, Rhode Island to where I grew up, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I am a bona fide expert on Bethlehem, and I can tell you that this was actually shot in Burbank, California, and not the real Bethlehem, but I'm not I'm upset. so sorry. I was really bummed. Really thought industry was coming back to Bethlehem. I don't know. I saw... the first time in I, 60 years. They, like, they pulled up, and they said, oh, there's Bethlehem in the sign for two miles, and I was like, oh my god, they're gonna show things that I grew up with. The and old steel mill nah, they, the, the, the giant metal rusting skeleton <laughs> in the middle of bethlehem but no it was fake but it was still cool that they talked about it and like they didn't, were there didn't and go it, to the old syringe quarry <laughs> no they filled that in with a middle school anyway <laughs> that's that's a true fact anyhow um <laughs> so they're in bethlehem it's a very folksy setting it looks comparable but it's very clearly not bethlehem it's too narrow. You can tell it's a soundstage. Not a soundstage, but a, like a set. Like, it's not a real thing. It's a little bit of a bummer, but I'll get over it. And they find, they go to a diner. They're out of money. They have no food. Um, they're trying to figure out what to do. The kids are kind of paranoid because they might get taken back by the police. Also, I should mention that the boy doesn't talk. Oh. He was abused so bad he doesn't talk anymore. Uh, but he'll talk He's like a later. catatonic. No, I mean, he's fine. He just doesn't speak. I don't okay. know. I think he just, like... He's, either didn't learn like, or like he's so traumatized by his life to this point it's like uh-huh and uh-uh nothing from from little rascals oh yeah no not like but, that but not, without that but just less just less than just, that just nothing okay so uh they find this old house and they decide to stay in it they kind of like are squatting there and the next day these two old ladies who i think are lesbians but it never says because it's a hallmark, hallmark movie, movie in 1999. 1999 exactly we did that we're getting real good at that <laughs> like in public we do it anyway um they come and they turn on the water and the power and she's like what's going on and they remember her but they really don't they think she is the daughter of the person that used to live there and she's come back to like look at the house because i believe the person who lived there had died like a year or two ago in the story 
and everything's kind of going okay and she meets the town sheriff and she kind of we realize we she meets him at the diner earlier but it's like that hallmark thing where you know like the one lady in the movie and the one fella they're gonna <laughs> yeah they're gonna end up together so Who, who's the hunk the hunk well since i have the imdb right here he is david conrad a man who has been in some movies he was in wedding crashers he was in other things men of honor let me go back to this picture for you. He has a very generic yeah. face. He's from Pittsburgh, though, so go Steelers, I guess. Um, That's how you get listeners. You just got to name drop stuff here and there. <laughs> anyway, so they're falling in love. She's living this lie that her kid, her nephew and niece are her kids because she can't say she stole kids. That doesn't yeah. go over well, even in Bethlehem. <laughs> even there, you can't I'll take get it from you. It. You go a few miles north, maybe, but you get up in the sticks. But all this is happening, and there's this talk of angels starts to come up, like the the. I was gonna, it's yeah, gonna oh, be some ham-fisted Jesus coming. Oh, there is an angel. It's played by Patty Duke. Her name is Angel, and she like is she kind of finesses stuff for this lady. Like she makes sure that the cops don't get certain papers, and like so she can live there. Is longer. she a, a living human? She is a human, but. She is very clearly, she has powers. Like, she will just disappear or appear. She is clearly a heavenly being who is just trying to help this nice lady with her nephew and Mm -hmm. niece. And there's this snow globe that they give to the girl, the cop gives to the daughter, or the niece. (laughs) And it has an angel in it. And, like, I think that's when the angel starts to show up. And it's like, this whole thing about angels and God, I don't know. So basically, blah, 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 yada, yada. She calls her sister her sister says they're looking for you which of course they are you stole children two of them it's worse than one that's two (laughs) it's double and they get found out eventually the angel can't fix everything the cops are looking yeah you hear that people she's living a lie the angel can't fix the angel can't fix everything sometimes you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps sometimes you can't run away to bethlehem and live a lie children steal a house and kids so eventually everything gets figured out, but everyone in the town loves her because it's a small little community and she's a great lady, her kids are nice, and they're in court then at the end, and it's, Laura Dern just isn't there. I guess she just, she pretty much gets written out of the story, yeah. which is sad because, you know, she's... Because it's not a Carla Gugino she, podcast. She, I don't know, she's like... A, I'd love if it were, though. If, the next Cheryl's one. game? When we, oh, when we run out of Laura Dern she's stuff, next. we're moving on to her. But yeah, she's like a victimized person. She just gets like written out of the story, which is sad. I don't know. She like she's not even in the court. But she was sort of a worthless druggie bum. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna use like my you know right my siege at Ruby Ridge mentality here. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a she was a movie. sinner. She Nick, sinned. I guess you're right. Be when you sin, you don't get your kids. Yeah. Oh man, but you have to sin to make kids. Oh, God! Another one of God's little tests. (laughs) So they're in court. The daughter is giving her little testimony to the judge. And she says, oh, she says this line. She's like, one time my brother got yelled at so hard he cried. Or something like that. That isn't the line, but that is like, what sort? That was the deal of what she said. And basically, the cop proposes to this lady in the courtroom. Because the judge is still like, you have a job, but, like, you, you don't got anything going on for you. And then the, the cop says, I can change that. If you'll have me, I want to marry this no. lady and raise her kids with her. Oh. And that's how it ends. And basically, at the very end, it's a voiceover of the daughter saying, 
Mama always said that was a special season, Christmas time. She says it's a season for miracles. miracles. Cut, print, air it on CBS oh. on December uh, 12th, 1999. See, now I'm noticing here this has a substantially higher IMDb rating than Batman and Little Boy. It's, it's a full it's point. Good. Was it, it, I, you, my... The first thing you told me off mic was that this was good. And there wasn't, like, I, I didn't detect irony in that. No, I, my mother is an incredible fan of the Hallmark films. Okay. She loves them. She'll watch Christmas ones as long as she can socially, she can do it, like, society won't shun her. She will, from. She's not one of those. Oh, no. She'll start as soon as they're on. And they okay. show them in Christmas, for right. Christmas in July. She'll watch them then, too. Okay. She watches them when society allows her to, from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Uh, okay. And then. She's not, not in the off season. No. Not really. I mean, she'll watch Hallmark movies. Are you sure? What you watching right now? Well, they make other movies. They don't just make Christmas movies. Okay. But yeah, modern day Hallmark movies, they're not great. They're what very do, low budget. What do you budget. think your mom's watching right now? Right now, it's 826. They're pretty big on like the, the recent shows. I watched The Good Doctor with them this weekend. Not a bad show. Um, I don't know it. It has... all the good, the good wife, the good place, the yeah. good doctor. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's bad times. There's you need something some good. There. Is that it? Yeah. I don't. But she's she's so. probably watching. I don't know. She likes Criminal Minds. Okay. She has her her stories. Mom TV. Yeah. SVU. Big on that. Sure. And you know, like a lot the of moms out there. Things. But yeah, uh, modern day ones not great. They make a lot of content, so they're not going to be as good. I think back in the day, the older Hallmark movies were much better. Back when they had less on their plate and they could really, really focus. Like this is a great movie. Yeah, it's now kind they of sappy. push out like it's got some religious message, but like you know, it's a good movie. I can watch it. It's got some stars. Dark-haired Laura Dern is there, and they just <laughs> they just white out over her. Just, <laughs> she's just gone. It's fine. But yeah, it's not a bad movie. I would suggest it. It is worth it. You know, it says seven point eight out of ten. I would give it a ten out of ten. Wow, ten Derns, ten Derns. You yeah. heard it here. So. I guess now we have to talk about what we learned today here in the neighborhood. What'd you, what'd you learn about? Now you go first. Uh, okay. What did you learn about? I learned that there was a time, physics. and I guess this makes sense, but I learned that there was a time when like Laura Dern didn't have as much star power as she does now, and therefore like plays just a completely useless character. <laughs> Um, oh, I did forget. So okay, so after after she like, after she melts after John Cusack's face is melting, and she like she's like kind of like quietly like I love you, baby. Like, and Doctor Cox comes in. He's like, hey, you can't be here. And she's just like, all of a sudden like sprints out. She's like, no, and just like knocks over like a whole <laughs> table full of shit. And it's just like a sudden like, no. And like, it was good range for Dern. She was actually just scared of him. <laughs> she felt that way. She was scared, he, you afraid know, he, of the he monkey. He hadn't been on Scrubs yet. So everyone thought he was mean, and no one thought he could be funny. Yeah. So anytime he entered the room, they'd all would just run it's and toss their It's true. They arms. didn't have office space, He's friendly consultant. Man. Yeah, you're but right. Now, now he's fun. Now he's great. We love you, Dr. Cox. He was sort of like a misogynist, though. He was oh, sort of like sad. a... Well, he is a monkey in, doctor. In Scrubs, I mean. Like, oh, in yeah. Like a, I thought you meant in the movie. Like, that was his whole shtick was like, yeah. I'm going to call Garden State a pussy. And, like, that was the bit. I yeah, didn't like Scrubs yeah. that much. 
That's a show. What did you learn about Darren? What did I learn? Like about Darren? What do you like about her? <laughs> you like we about don't talk her. about what we learn. What did you like? Um, I don't know. I learned that much like you, she used to not have much star power. And sometimes <laughs> she gets shoehorned into the OD junkie mom role in a Hallmark movie yeah. in 1999. But you know, she's come so far. And I'm sure if she were to play this role today, it would be much better than this one. Not It'd be an it, 11, at least, out of 10. At least? I don't know. I'd like to see Dern doing some more, some, uh, I don't want to say racy, but like some, you know, some damaged people. Not that she doesn't, okay. but like, you know. Well, I mean, in, um, I still haven't seen Inland Empire. One but day. in the deleted I, scenes, she seems like she might be uh, a junkie or something. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Uh, She's um, a trailer yeah. park woman. Yeah. She does it because she has, you know, the blonde, the gaunt. I feel like she can pivot from, like... Blonde and gaunt. Blonde and gaunt. That's it's what like I like the, in a lady. It's the trailer part, you know. Yeah. It's just, like, that's what the trailer part character looks like. Um, I, I feel like she can be, you know, if you do her up nice, you give her a nice sundress, bam. She's, like, a, a successful upper-middle-class mom in Palo Alto. Um if you you kind of scuff her up you a little muss bit, muss her up a little, <laughs> yeah, muss her up, fuck with her hair a little bit, and like, you know, get her, get her, she gets a little, kind of like, tighten the teeth, tight, tighten, tighten the, the teeth. teeth, you know, the man, Whoa. trailer park turn, yeah, she's she, you know, she knocks them both out of the park. She's a good lady, trailer park, and that's why we do this. That's, that is why. So, uh, you want to know what you're watching next week? I do. Well, you're in luck. You're watching Recount. Recount! Yes, a 2008 movie about the 2000 election. About my friend George W. Bush. Also, there's another little surprise in here for you. Uh, Kevin Spacey's in this movie. Famous creep Kevin Spacey. I, was this like an HBO movie? It that, is an HBO okay. movie. And I kind of want to see who he plays now real quick. One second. I hope it's Jeb Bush. <laughs> Okay. Who plays Jeb? No, he's Ron Klain. Ron Klain. None of these people seem that like guy they looks matter. like a, a pedo. He served. Is he an actual pedophile? In really? two U.S. vice presidents. Oh, definitely a pedophile then. Maybe that he's one hundred percent an Epstein. You know, it push. says he has three children, but it does not say if he's a pedophile. <laughs> That's a shame. You so think who, it would can be can we here. see who plays Jeb Bush of in course. Recount? I still need to see that movie with a uh, Batman in it where he plays that evil guy. Jeb Bush is Matt Miller. Matt Miller, whoever that Matt is. Matt Miller, get an IMDb page. Come on. You deserve this it. This is Wikipedia, but still. You're Jeb. Lenny Kravitz should have been in this movie. Anyway, <laughs> he should have played Jeb Bush. <laughs> and I'm going to be watching Little Fockers, the 2010 <laughs> Robert De Niro Ben Stiller masterpiece oh just the, the absolute waste. cash in have you seen that one i think i have but it's been a while and i wasn't watching it for for its artistic prowess so i don't really remember it Why it's not like it? when i watched citizen kane that do one time you, <laughs> do you think you watched it in the theater no not in the theater okay. i think i probably saw it with my family because like you know we've seen the other two sure i'd yeah. say the other two were good First one's great. Second one, I don't really remember. Uh, they go to like an island. Oh, right. it's you like you meet parents, Ben Stiller's parents, and they're kind of like cool. And they're like, they're like they're cool fun. Jews. They're they're cool. They're, they're like real cool. cool. They live on an island, yeah. I think. Jimmy Chonga's 
that's a thing. That's, okay, sure. It is. I guess the I haven't seen that know. movie in a while. <laughs> they get it. There's, they're already printing shirts with your face <laughs> and the word chimichangas on it. Alrighty, well. Well. Anything else you want to pepper in for our lo- um, loyal fan? We, we've got a, a special guest next week. Oh, my God. Who should we Who? tell him? Did you, you called on the break? It's Yeah, uh, Laura Dern will be oh, here. Oh, Dern. She had to step out before. That you, That's how you say it, Dern. I've only ever seen <laughs> it in print. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you then. Oh, okay, cool. Any, any last words? Just a few. No, I, I was just going <laughs> to say some words, but that'd be dumb. I'm done. All right, keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. That's a terrible one. <laughs> Laura Dern.